0: Hello and welcome to the Court of Valleys podcast. I'm Joe. I am here with Muse. Hello. And we are going to be traveling to Gotham City for one of the most amazing stories I've read so far. (laughs) We are a comic podcast that uploads weekly. You can check the show notes for which comics we'll be covering this week and their timestamps so that you can skip over those titles if it's something you haven't read yet or aren't interested in reading. Those of you may have noticed, this is actually our second episode this week. Normally we do once a week, but we decided to throw in a bonus episode talking about the DC fandom, which you can just check previously, with our good friend, E. So, to start off, we will be covering a couple comics. V is not here, sadly, and it really does bum me out, because this would have been her perfect week... We had so many of her titles out this week. I know. And I am not going to do her justice speaking for her about these Dark Knight titles. But I will do my best. So, we are going to talk about Batman 99. Woohoo! Which was written by <laughs> James Tinian. And the art was by Jorge Jimenez. This is part four of the Joker War event. And oh my god. This was absolutely amazing i have no idea how he surpassed himself again from what i thought was the great issue from batman i need to start with the art as oh. i'm channeling v here the art is so beautiful and is from jimenez between all the cityscapes some double page spread
1: uh-huh.
0: those two full page spreads that you would see i was gonna
1: mention those i mm-hmm. saw those and it was like tenian just let it was like you know what jimenez just do your thing i don't even need (laughs) words thing and he did and they were just perfect
0: oh my gosh (sighs) there's this one specific one that batman is landing onto the scene at ace chemicals and he's you just see this full page no words no dialogue or anything like that of him just walking like towards like your fourth wall perspective and that was probably my favorite scene in that.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I also liked the one before that with him landing. Cause you see mm-hmm. the shadow and it's in the shape of his little bat. Like it's just a bat whoosh. Which makes more sense. It makes more sense than the weird, like I'm Batman thing that they did. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I think last <laughs> issue the last issue
1: was, which was a bit cheesy, but it, the effect was, in, I, I liked the added effect of that. Mm-hmm. And I will say it was cheesy but I like how they subtly put that in the shadow. I was like, that's how you do the Batman symbol with the shadow, his <laughs>
0: landing shadow. He definitely made it work. But I will say with this issue though, it really felt quick in terms of dialogue. And maybe because it was like just so much uh, for the art in the comic. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was very like cut and dry. Like Batman is meeting with all of the Bat family to figure out how they're going to take down the Joker. And Joker is going to Ace Chemicals because of course he is. Where else would he go? And then Batman goes after him. And I was like, okay, sure. I'm, I'm on board here. But the images of the Bat family all together. You getting to see Dick Grayson once again with everybody. Full memories intact. Nice little editor's note to go. Please read Nightwing mm-hmm. to figure out how he got his memories back.
1: He's still not in the suit yet.
0: Not yet. Not yet.
1: He got it. While we're on the topic Mm -hmm. of the Bat Family roof scene, can we please talk about the fact that James Tinian said, Fuck you, Bendis. And put where all the names were for the characters where Tim was. It was not Drake. It was not Robin. It was Red Robin. Thank you. Also, Harley making mention of the duck reference shut up duck boy and tim's like duck boy (laughs) thank you for that jab i appreciate it the duck boy frame is now my icon (laughs) because jimenez's art of just pure confusion on tim's face was just
0: so good perfect I was really glad for that. I'm still very confused, though, because, like, he's going by Red Robin, and he's but he's still in, like, that Robin costume. And I know that, like, bef- when he left Detective Comics, his Red Robin outfit looked very much similar mm-hmm. to that.
1: It just had two and, R's.
0: Yeah. It just gets a little wonky in that sense, because in Scott Snyder's Justice League, he still looks like that costume with the two R's. Yep. It was still really great to see all of them together including uh, Red Hood.
1: Well, I don't think Damien was in this. I didn't see him this, spread.
0: Yeah, he's not there because in Teen Titans 45, he is missing. And I believe it's because in the Teen Titans annual, that's when Batman confronts him about, we do not lobotomize our enemies or hold them hostage under Titans tower.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Apparently he's missing and Red Hood actually confronts the Teen Titans. And says oh. that Damien's just playing with them.
1: Why did Red like he, Hood?
0: I don't know. I just I saw little snippets of it. And uh, Jason actually confronts them as they're looking for Damien. Mm. And he's like, you know that Damien's just toying with you guys, right? And then the Titans are like trying to figure out, like, is it even worth trying to find Robin? Because we didn't like him anyway. Oh. But also apparently John shows up. And because he's heavily looking for Damien.
1: Well, he is his best friend
0: exactly so it's it's really confusing
1: while we're on damien just real quick i'm Mm -hmm. interested because damien has been so separate from the rest of the bat family and we did see it was a weird uh story in the robin uh 80th uh anniversary issue uh we had damien like being confronted by bruce and him like going off Mm -hmm. and doing his own thing um i think because of him trying to be like who he wants to be and uh everything that they've hinted at with teen Titans, there seems to be some lead in to the fact that after Joker war, they might have to be dealing with Damien later. Like there might be another Ooh. event or like at least a comic story, either in Batman or detective or teen Titans, something, or one of those little mini, like another mini crossover yeah. thing.
0: that's yeah, yeah, not yeah. as
1: big as like Joker war, but might last like, just here's six issues yeah. within this series. Um, and might have to deal with that because they've really heavily been pushing the fact that Damien's been doing some stuff. Now he's missing to the point where Mm -hmm. his best friend's looking for him and his brother who also has killed people is also (laughs) looking for him and finds it wrong. Mm. That's that's a problem. And Red Hood finds something wrong. That's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) He writes the line of I don't care.
0: Exactly. My theory is that... They are taking Damien away, and when he comes back, he's going to have a new anti-hero identity Uh. to make it make more sense for Tim to be Robin again.
1: Yeah, but let's just, um, at this point, I think every Tim Drake fan just wants him to have his own identity. Like, can can Mm -hmm. he not be Robin at this point? He's 18 years old. Tim needs his own identity at this point, Mm -hmm. or at least not share it with Damien. I think... We would rather him not be Robin, but not Drake. I would not prefer Red
0: Robin. Yeah. <laughs> just not Drake. Definitely not Drake. And we're glad that's finally over and done with. And I hope that Tin- Tinian just keeps him in Batman.
1: Yeah, keep him Batman. He will. He loves Tim. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. But
0: Exactly. But yeah, but after that beautiful uh, moment, Batman gives Dick his Nightwing costume again and Harley tells Bruce that she's going with him to go fight the Joker and to go kill the Joker. And Batman's like, "No, we're we're not doing that." And she's like, "Well, what the hell is the point of all this? I thought we knew this is what, what we had to do."
1: I will say what she said made a ton of sense. The mm-hmm. you keep letting him get off with all of this. He keeps one-upping you to the point where you've allowed him this freedom to take everything from you. What is he gonna do the next time he escapes Arkham? We have to put him down. I would like to put him down because he's messed with my entire life and I want revenge. But Mm -hmm. you need to because if not, he's threatening Gotham even more now. Like This this needs to be put to an end. And I think that's one of the fans have always been like, why does Batman just keep arresting Joker? And like, A, Batman doesn't kill Snyder. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, you can't kill off one of his biggest villains No. at that point, or can you?
0: <laughs> Milton, I mean, I even like him. Harley said too, is that it's like, how many punchlines is it going to take for you to realize that he has to be stopped? Yep. And it's not even like, I don't think she's talking joke wise. I think she meant like the actual character punchline, like how many more of these people is he going to be recruiting if you don't stop him?
1: Yeah, he's just going to keep spreading his message. People are going to keep being influenced by him.
0: And mm-hmm. it's never
1: going to end.
0: Even like those beginning shots of Gotham City where you see all these people terrorizing. Jokers in this Jokerized limousine.
1: Which was pretty awesome. I have was. to admit. That was cool. <laughs> That Joker monologue was probably the most dialogue we had in this entire thing. Oh yeah, and it was interesting to see Gotham from Joker's perspective, and he's like, "Gotham's not Batman's city; it's mine." It's really hard to summarize his entire
0: conversation yeah.
1: with this boy. Please go read it. It is a good like four or five pages, maybe. It's long, but it's yeah, just... about
0: so it's worth it. It
1: is because while that's going on. You're seeing all the carnage around him and you see Clown oh Hunter. Gosh,
0: yeah.
1: And he just he drops the clown off the building, and you're just like, ooh, the intense moments of the dialogue matching what's going on with the scenes. <laughs> this is perfect. It's so as we mentioned before, it's so cinematic. With just yes. the impact of the what's going on in the background or what's actually going on with like the clearly spoken dialogue or the thoughts of characters Mm -hmm. and Tinian just does such a good job of matching that with Jorge Jimenez and Jimenez matches that so well with what Tinian is trying to get across and I'm just like can Jimenez please take over For because this this is making one of the best batman runs we've had in a very very long time i've
0: actually seen a couple tweets asking for that like can you please just make jimenez like the main artist on Tinian's run please and thank you (laughs) it's so true though but like you you feel that emotional impact with the art of seeing gotham city the way it is and even like when barbara points it out to bruce and harley points it out to bruce yep And the single pages of Bruce just being surrounded by all this chaos and violence going on. And that was pretty much the comic for the most part. Until, like, the last two pages when Bruce steps inside Ace Chemicals. And he is greeted by a familiar face. And I am not talking about the Joker. No. At first. (laughs) I am talking about the reanimated body of alfred who has been jokerized and joker over the speaker saying that i had to go to your manor and dig him up for you just for this moment
1: that hurt so much especially after last issue where he finally kind of had to deal with his grief and understand that alfred's not coming back and he has to move on with life without alfred and here Mm -hmm. it is thrown in his face
0: and it's just like those nightmares that he was having over and over again of alfred's neck snapping mid-sentence and then right next to batman is the joker in that beautiful armor that we saw in the beginning of the joker war except now it's got spray paint and everything all over it
1: yep I had a feeling he was going to come out with a Batman suit based off of the earlier dialogue when he's getting into the the limo as he's leaving for Ace. He's like, how's my other project coming along? And it's like, it's been Mm -hmm. delivered there, sir. And he's like, perfect. And you're like,
0: oh. (laughs) I had no idea. Even like when he said, I need to change into my newer outfit. Mm -hmm. I still had no idea.
1: I didn't know it was the... I didn't know it was going to be that suit specifically. I thought it was just going to mm-hmm. be like a Joker version bat suit and it was.
0: But it was the Alfred
1: <laughs> suit and you're like, "Oh, you
0: <laughs> jerk." It was heart-wrenching and it was beautiful and it was funny at times. The art is breathtaking. Like I gave this uh comic a 10 out of 10 and I never give a comic a 10 out of 10. Oh, it's
1: worth it. V would probably call you out of being a hypocrite, mister. I never rate anything at 100. Oh, I know. It's perfect. <laughs> <The> <laughs> she said last week. I couldn't find fault with much in this one, which is another reason why I think that 10 out of 10 is worth it for it, to be quite honest.
0: I cannot wait for Batman 100 to come out already. Oh,
1: yeah, totally.
0: So we will stay tuned for Batman 100. Sadly, because, again, V isn't here. That is all we have for yeah. DC this week. I honestly didn't have much to say about Justice League. That was the other title I was thinking of talking about. It was a death metal Uh, tie-in, and it was written by Joshua uh, Williamson. hmm. And I'm really concerned now because I feel like Venditti hasn't written a Justice League issue in about, like, four or five issues now.
1: Huh. Weird.
0: I, I like seeing Williamson's name. It was still good, but, you know, it was a death metal tie in and it still kind of leaves me with, like, what am I reading? It doesn't really make sense, like, to just kind of throw it in the Justice League title. Yeah. The other one I was potentially going to talk about was Catwoman 25, which was great for one of the three stories that were in it. All three were written by Ram V. Um, the main artist on the run is going to be Fernando Blanco.
1: I liked his and he art. He had other
0: two artists. The art was beautiful in that first story.
1: I'm going to just say, for Catwoman, because it was simple. It was a very simple story. It was mm-hmm. mostly a tie into Joker War, so there wasn't anything crazy. That one spread of her escaping with the flash drive, going down the stairs, as you oh, follow yeah. her movement with the speech bubbles, that was beautiful. I do like mm-hmm. when artists actually do that and they execute it perfectly, because there are times where mm-hmm. I'm just like, wait am i reading it in the correct order because
0: yeah yeah yeah. but that was good Mm -hmm. that was good and honestly the spreads with selena and the tiger and just like the little metaphorical thing Mm -hmm. those pieces are beautiful the the colors ah amazing to channel v i'm sure she would say it's the cat's meow
1: no she wouldn't
0: And with that, I will bring it over to Muse for the Marvel titles that she has.
1: Okay, so I couldn't decide between Excalibur 12 and X-Men 12 because they're essentially the same issue. Um, one jumps right off of the other, and there really wasn't much to say about them. Hickman is still writing X-Men, and Trini Howard is still writing for Excalibur with Marcus Toe as the artist. I can't remember the artist off the top of my head for X-Men. But I will say I do like his art style. It's very different. and It's interesting. Like it doesn't, it's really good. And the proportions are good on characters. He's just a very consistent artist, which isn't a bad thing, but it doesn't pop out. And of course, I love Marcus Toe. So (laughs) (laughs) I love his art. He's great. But this is the beginning of the X of Swords event. Marvel having another event. But this is what (laughs) happens with COVID. (laughs)
0: Are we done with Empire yet? And are we throwing in yes. Exo Swords?
1: Well, <laughs> okay. this is when Exo Swords was supposed to come out. Empire was oh. supposed to come out from, like, April to, like, July. Or April to, right. like, beginning of August. It wasn't supposed mm-hmm. to go into September. So that's why we got one event right smack dab into another event. But we have the uh, Exo Swords event. This is definitely based off of the Marvel Checklist. So there's actually only three issues called um, X of Swords. You have creation, you have stasis, and you have destruction. And the rest of it are uh, tie-in issues between uh, most, if not all, of the X-Men titles. You have Excalibur, you have X-Men, of course, Wolverine, X-Force, X-Factor, Marauders, Hellions, New Mutants, Cable. And I think that is it. Um, So pretty much every (laughs) single X title is being tied into this event. We had the two preludes come out this week. They both accomplished pretty much the same thing, so I'm just going to cover mm. them both at the same time. And okay. so I will say one of the things I did like about this was we finally get to see what skivy Apocalypse has been doing in the freaking background since,
0: like, <laughs> I haven't... Tr- I forgot about that. God,
1: it's, it's been forever because... The, the mutants have been dealing with their own stuff for a while. They've all done stuff with their own runs. They hinted about this really early on with stuff that happened in X-Men like 1, 2, or 3. I don't remember the exact issue. It was in the first like three issues of X-Men. It was when Scott mm-hmm. went on his little field trip with his kids. And then you've seen, especially in Excalibur, you've seen it more. Uh, because he's been one of the major mutants in Excalibur. Asking... Richter to find these crystals that are apparently crystallized forms of the bones of dead mutants past.
0: I vaguely remember that. That was like pretty early issues of Excalibur. Yes,
1: it was. It was when Richter became like a druid, which was kind of interesting. You right. uh, fell into mm-hmm. the chasm, and then bam, apocalypse—or essentially a in Cretoan language, and then mutant language. <laughs> we're just gonna call him freaking apocalypse. He's been. Pretty much puppeting his Excalibur team around for a while, and setting all of these pieces into place the way he wants them. If you look at the mm-hmm. the cover for Excalibur, it's pretty spot on. And during Excalibur, he uses Richter to create a gate of some kind uh, that we find out um, in X Men later on that it leads to Erikoa, which we'll get to that in a bit because there's much okay. confusion. And he used this by using the bones of the externals, which are some of these mutants that have always been immortal. It's like, I think, nine, seven, I don't remember how many uh, externals, which included Apocalypse. And he used the mm-hmm. bones of four of them to get create this gateway that he needed. And he pretty much used Richter to kill all of them.
0: This vaguely reminds me of Justice League Odyssey, where you have this group of heroes having to work with Darkseid. Oh. Because Darkseid has a plan that is supposed to benefit the multiverse, and he sends them on this, like, goose chase to find these specific ancient items that have been around forever to make another type of portal thing that is supposed to help the multiverse. Oh, no. And then it ends up benefiting him long run.
1: Okay, like, I'm not going to trust Darkseid as much as I can toss him. I'm not going to trust Apocalypse, but at least usually Apocalypse's reasoning for things have been very selfish to him, but selfish to mutant dumb sometimes. Like, he wants them to be the strongest that they can be. Like Magneto, but uh, more powerful and can Mm. actually usually accomplish what he wants. Right. (laughs) Sorry, Magneto. But we also got some of the answers with mostly more questions about uh, that strange island that attached itself early on in X-Men to uh, Krakoa, which was called Arakoa and Mm -hmm. the strange man, like all in white with like the, the black symbol on his chest. They're finally bringing this back, which I'm like, yay, Mm -hmm. bringing back these weird plot threads that we've had lingering for a while, but we've been focusing on the main other main plots of the stories and you're like yes good so i read Mm x-men and i got even more confused there's a lot i don't like about both of these excalibur wasn't as confusing there have been some confusing issues before this one was pretty straightforward apocalypse used richter to kill these externals and use their bones to create crystal things to make the portal end of story are some other plot things that will come relevant later on with Excalibur. I don't know if it will tie into X of Swords. But this we're going to focus on mainly the things that I feel are going to be relevant to the event and mm-hmm. the upcoming. So my biggest issues is how the members of Excalibur are, are trusting Apocalypse so much with all of the crap that he's done in the past. And even what he has done recently with putting like Rogue in a weird coma thing for a while and Remy just didn't trust him he's like what have you done to my wife Richter pretty much following his commands to kill the externals for this ritual like why is he trusting this man so much
0: it makes no sense to me and that was a major problem I had with the entirety of the x-men like letting the villain mutants onto their island because like mr sinister also
1: sinister exodus there's a lot of like bad mutants and then, as I mentioned, with Remy just not trusting Apocalypse early on, has called him out throughout the entire thing. He found this soul gem of one of the externals, Chandra. And she was like, Don't give it to Apocalypse. Do not give it to him. If you give him my soul, he will finish his ritual that he needs. And Remy's like, Well, I trust him more than you. And he throws the thing into the portal, handing it to Apocalypse allowing him to create this gate portal thing. Oh,
0: gosh.
1: I am pissed. <laughs> I don't know if this is a Teeny Howard thing, or if this is just Hickman being like, nope, this is how it has to be, uh, get it like... done, and you're like, ugh. So, in X-Men, I'm just gonna say, yes, Empire had some confusing plot things, especially <laughs> if you had no prior knowledge whatsoever about the major players
0: that was us
1: but I have read all of Excalibur all of Marauders all of X-Men and all of uh X-Factor at this point this is so much more confusing than Empire because all of this stuff has already been hinted at in these comics and I still don't even know what's going on like they gave us a (laughs) whole explanation of what is setting up for the X of Swords event with the the strange guy in white, the strange, pure white, luminescent-looking dude that came Mm. from Arakoa, and when it attached itself to Krakoa, what is this dude? And they don't give you anything, and he finally monologues and gives his entire backstory, and I'm still confused. (laughs) I don't know if it's the writing or the fact that they just dumped so much information on me that I couldn't percolate it through multiple issues.
0: (laughs) I want to say it's a little bit of both because I remember even when I was reading the X titles, Hickman's wording is a lot. It's, I want to say, right up there with Tinian, if not a little bit more.
1: Tinian's understandable.
0: (laughs) Right, but not only that, unlike Tinian, Hickman has like those one to two to three page uh, info sheets that are randomly thrown in the titles. Which just adds even more info dump, because it's not always just pictures. Nope. And, like, yes, like, to the hardcore fans of Marvel and the X-Men titles and whatnot, that is very helpful stuff. I agree with that. I thought it was pretty cool at first, and then it was just more info and more info and more info. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was at Xavier's school.
1: Pretty much. And even with all those info dumps, you're confused as heck. Yeah. <laughs> because... A, I have more I have more questions than anything out of all of this. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. try and summarize as best as I can what happened in X-Men. Apparently, Apocalypse, I think, is his grandfather. I don't know how, but he is. Okay. Uh millennia ago, there was a huge fight, and in this fight, the island that was won got split. And so Krakoa and Arakoa got split. And something happened to Arakoa. I do not know what happened. And something happened to the mutants there. And they went to, I think, some place called Amnith, which seems to be some hell realm. I'm not certain if Amnith is another realm (laughs) or Amnith is on the island or something. Regardless, the mutants there tried to live in Amnith and they were constantly getting attacked by the residents of Amnith. So they created these pillars to help protect themselves and continue to fight battles for years and years and years and years and years. And And it went on for like thousands of years at this point. And they go to try and call upon the power of this warrior guy with a magic sword, which is probably where the of Swords is coming from. But he has also Mm. gotten corrupted due to Amnith and did not see his fellow mutants as allies and attacked all of them. So they got weakened. Genesis, who is Apocalypse's wife, (laughs) ironic naming conventions, (laughs) goes to try and entreat with the Amnith uh, leader called Annihilation. Name is applicable for this man. Uh, She loses in a battle against him, and which causes an even worse tumble-down of the mutants trying to survive in Amnith, but they still call themselves, they still say they're from Arakoa, which is confusing. And so they send (laughs) this dude, I don't remember his name, I don't think he's ever been named, (laughs) kind of like as their their savior to go and entreat the mutants back on Krakoa, slash on Earth, to help them. So they send him off. So that's when he showed up in our reality. And that's when the island attached itself.
0: And that was pretty early on in the X-Men issues too. That was like three or four. Yeah, that was
1: pretty early. So I have mm-hmm. no idea what the heck Arakoa is. Is it the island? Is it the people? Is it the land <laughs> where the people are living now? Where is this place? Apparently it requires this special gate to get through. That's why Apocalypse made the gate is to get to Arakoa. Slash Amnith? Slash I don't know? What is Amnith specifically? Is Amnith a group of people on Arakoa? Why haven't they done anything? Because they're attached to Krakoa now? I am mild confusion.
0: (laughs) You have mild confusion. I have heavy confusion.
1: I think that the crater that they built the portal in is where he's essentially kind of like a mystical mutant guy. The grandson of Apocalypse, where he came from. I am confounded and confused, and I hope that the rest of this fills all the gaps in, because now him, some other mutant I've never heard of in my life, and Banshee are going in to the portal. That's it. Three people. Three mutants. That's it. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) I think they're trying to find remnants because pretty much uh, Apocalypse told them, go and see if you can find them, and his grandson was, like, kind of hopeful about, like, yes, you're going to save our people, and Apocalypse is like, hmm,
0: yeah, oh, if there's, like, sign. if there's enough
1: to save, but <laughs> if they're pretty much decimated, I'm not sending my mutants in, so. Right. just understandable, but it's, this this event so looks confusing. like it's going to be super confusing. I gave it a mm-hmm. massive 5 out of 10. I was mostly okay with the fact that I, the art, it, it was good. It was solid. Mm-hmm. The characterization in X-Men was fine. Um, Characterization in x not so much. So much confusion, but I'm happy that they're bringing these weird plot threads back. So that's why I gave it high enough rating. It was more like, maybe you'll surprise me. I doubt it. Um, (laughs) And that was like an average across both of them. So that was our two X titles this week. That was it
0: wow i tried getting into those x-men titles when they just came out like and it was just the issue ones mm-hmm. but i i didn't read house and powers of x so already like i was off to a rocky start i still haven't read that but at the same time i don't know how much that would help me
1: i doubt I... it especially with if you want to get into like the main stories with house and power uh, with uh, current uh x-men comics go read house and powers of x you can find both of them, a giant trade version of them all together in proper reading order. But I don't think you need it for the X of Swords event going on right now. Yeah. Uh you pretty much would only, I would say, read a couple would read X-Men and some of Excalibur, and that would be it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much they're gonna pull from the other X-Men titles. That might be another reason why I'm so confused. I don't know, but I don't like events where you have to read all of these additional titles to get and understand it. That's why I like Joker War. It is simplistic. You pretty much just need mm-hmm. to read Batman.
0: Yeah, that's the main uh, That's the main comic for the event. Yeah,
1: but if you want to get the additional stuff, you need to read at least Nightwing. You don't need it. But you do kinda mm-hmm. need Nightwing to understand what happened to Dick. But you still yeah. it doesn't matter. He gets his memories back. And you understand that in Batman.
0: And especially because like for the most part, all the other tie-ins are just one shots. Yep.
1: But even with Empire, you just needed to read Empire. If you wanted background information, there was a couple of things, but there was no mm-hmm. too many issues that tied in with it. I think the only ongoing runs that had tie-ins were captain marvel and fantastic right. four the rest were empire specific titles why didn't marvel do that for this
0: <laughs> and then this like hyper focus like avengers or whatever mm-hmm. i will give it to uh hickman though because he clearly loves the x-men yes so much so that he wrote practically an omnibus of x-men lore oh yeah and rewrote the x-men
1: based off of his track record he's written some very complicated stories but they end like you he Mm -hmm. when he says he has a vision in mind this man has a vision compared (laughs) to bendis who's like yeah i've got a vision and takes like three times as long as hickman and hickman's like tiny (laughs) tiny hints like he's giving you tidbits throughout and Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and i will say too like he's definitely clearly communicative with the other writers Mm mm-hmm and to let him know, it's like, hey, this is where I want to head with that, and I'll leave the rest up to you. And unlike Bendis, also, like, I haven't really heard any complaints about Hickman other than like, it's really long stuff and it's very info dumpy. But in terms of like his actual writing and his stories, I haven't heard any complaints. No,
1: I will say Excalibur's is not bad. It's just not astounding. Um, it might just it might be because of uh, Trini Howard's writing and the pacing with the art with Marcus Toe and then maybe not connecting together and then having to deal with Hickman and then COVID just didn't help yeah one of the most recent issues with Excalibur had clearly it was an alternate reality and I was super confused by what was going on because they just throw us in there and then they pull Mm -hmm. you out of it and then they tell you there could have been a better way of going about having you recognize that this is an alternate reality because we were in the other world and then all of a sudden we're back in london like huh?
0: yeah I hate it, when it, I it jumped
1: funky it, and it could have also been because she knew she was in a time crunch to get to um the of Swords event
0: right we'll see maybe after Ex of Swords, i don't know i'll
1: let you know how it goes and okay. then you can decide at that
0: point. Exactly. <laughs> but in the meantime, I'm just going to rattle off the DC comics that came out this week because it really wasn't that much. Oh. It was really, really little this week. But it was a lot of Batman titles because this weekend is Batman yeah. Day. So, like we said, we had Batman 99 out. We have Batman's Grave number 10, which I believe only has two more issues to go. We had Catwoman 25 by Ram V and Fernando Blanco, and as V would say, it was very perfect. We also had Detective Comics 1027, 144-page mega-spectacular. It's
1: 144 pages of garbage?
0: 144 pages of absolute dumpster fire trash. I was so excited for this thing. I was like, oh, it's going to be great because, you know, I didn't learn my lesson about these anniversary collections. I bought every single cover, practically, except for maybe one or two. I had such high hopes after the Green Lantern one. I read all these 12 stories. The first three stories were Tomasi, Bendis, and Matt Faction from Jimmy Olsen. Not a great start. Tom King is in there as well. Scott Snyder's in there, James Tinian is in there, and Dan Jurgens is also in there, and I gotta say, even then, I wasn't a fan of their stories. I really wish I didn't spend all that money, but they got me because (laughs) of all these beautiful covers.
1: I didn't even read it because you told me not to, and I was like, I'm just not gonna, I'm just not going to. I'm not gonna waste my time reading 144 pages of something that's going to be
0: horrible. Like, I was so excited, it was even more disappointing for me because... David Marquez who both me and V said did amazing work on the Batman Superman uh, comic his story was with Bendis Uh. and the art was beautiful but the story just made no sense it was very simple plot that was like forced to get extended so he's just throwing in all this filler dialogue and you have of course the giant group of people all talking at once so you're just getting lost in the conversation So, yeah, that was garbage. Um, Justice League 53, Joshua Williamson. It was good. I just don't really have a lot to say about it. Um, Metal Men number 10, and then Team Titans 45, which we explained earlier. Damien is missing, and John and Jason are looking for him, and the Titans don't know if they should look for him.
1: Mm. So we'll
0: stay tuned for the possibility of Damien's return and what's going to become of that. So muse what do we have for marvel this week
1: so for marvel we also had arrow number 11 amazing spider-man sins of norman osborne number one uh captain america number 23 conan battle for the serpent crown number five giant size x-men uh storm number one hellions number four the immortal hulk number zero and the immortal hulk number 37 i guess it was like a variant or a prequel like, yeah thing.
0: a little a little bonus th- uh story in it apparently mm-hmm.
1: we have iron man number one again uh <laughs> star wars number six star wars darth vader number five thor number seven and that is everything for marvel
0: i was gonna check out that iron man one just just for the hell of it and i was like maybe i'll pick it up maybe i won't thor i actually still need to read and same thing with Darth Vader. And I do have a little bit of mu- uh, news that I was able to pick up. So, for DC, uh, Sean Gordon Murphy, he released the promo for his Harley Quinn story, which is in his White Knight universe. It's going to be six-issue series and set for October. And um, Pattinson is back. Robert Pattinson is recovered from COVID 19 and people are expecting the production of batman to start coming up again within the next couple of days and along with that because this ties into uh the pattinson news kevin feige is eyeing robert pattinson now ever since he got casted as batman and he is looking for him to either join the marvel universe or a leading role in a Star Wars movie.
1: I'm interested to see where they would put him in Marvel, though.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because one of the things I love and adore about um, Marvel, especially Kevin Feige, and whoever is in charge of casting at Marvel, that, that person is perfection because they pick the best <laughs> actors for the roles. They're people mm-hmm. that really embody who the characters are, And I don't think anyone's been casted that's felt wrong compared to DC. Like, a lot of times you're like, why did you cast this person?
0: Not everybody is going to be a Hugh Jackman for Wolverine or Robert Downey Jr. for Iron Man. I mean, I'd be curious if he does take the role. Either way, I would be excited to see him because he is definitely a good actor. Yes. I just watched a trailer today for his Um, The Devil All the Time Netflix original with Tom Holland and Sebastian Stan and And oh my god so many
1: other people that's got like an A-list cast right there
0: it looks creepy that is not usually my type of film but that whole thing like that looks really really good
1: it does not tickle my fancy I don't (laughs) like movies like that but I could definitely see it being one of those films that would be nominated for awards because it's just oh yeah
0: I will happily let you know about it because it was released as of the 16th. Nice. So I can watch it at any time now. And also the last quick little bit of news I found is that WandaVision is set for December 2020.
1: Yay!
0: We don't know if it's official yet. We're still waiting on confirmations about Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is the one I'm really most excited for. Especially because WandaVision is the Tom King story. And he actually has a heavy hand in this
1: hold on is Tom King involved in the WandaVision show
0: yeah oh he not only wrote the the WandaVision uh, story that the show is based off of but they put him on as um an executive producer
1: okay so I'm I I don't like Tom King and we know most of us don't like Tom King especially Mm V but I feel with a lot of his surrealist stuff like you could tell with the bit that we got of the WandaVision clips when they were kind of giving us a trailer for it, it's definitely surreal. It's definitely, there's something going mm-hmm. on. that's not happening in reality. And I feel that his surrealist style definitely works better in a movie format.
0: It definitely could. Yeah. So
1: it might be better. And also it's Disney. So I hope they don't let Tom King go Tom King on it
0: all. No, no, no. He's definitely more in that role of Freedom like, difficulty. yes. So he's not gonna have like the final say and all that stuff. But yeah, that's um, that's all the news I really had. It really wasn't much that I can find, especially since we just covered the DC fandom episode. Yes, we did. But so for next week's comics for DC, we have Action Comics 1025, Aquaman 63, Batgirl 49 which I believe is the second to last issue for Batgirl. Yes. You have Batman Beyond 47, Batman Superman number 12, Sandman Universe Books of Magic number 23, Dark Knight's Death Metal Speed Mm. Metal number one, which is the Joshua Williamson event that is going to conclude his run with The Flash. Speaking of The Flash, we have The Flash number 762, his second to last issue on that as well. (laughs) Justice League Dark number 26. Black labeled The Last God, number 9, which I'm really shocked is still a thing, because uh, last I heard, that is really tanking in DC Comics' sales. And you also had The Looney Tunes, number 256, Shazam, number 15, and Suicide Squad, number 9. This is the issue that Tom Taylor has announced for a couple months now, that Deadshot is dying. He is getting killed for the first time in DC Comics history. Ooh. And he said, too, when his Suicide Squad run was announced that nobody is safe. Everybody has a potential to die.
1: Well, it's a Suicide Squad.
0: Exactly. So, for Marvel Muse, what do we have for next All
1: week? All right. Marvel has Daredevil number 22, Doctor Doom number 7. I totally forgot that was out. <laughs> Fantastic Four Antithesis, number two, The Immortal She-Hulk, number one, Juggernaut, number one, Uh, Maestro, number two, Spider-Man, number four, Spider-Man Noir, number four, Spider-Woman, number four, Star Wars Bounty Hunters, number five, Venom, number 28, and the beginning of the Exoswords swords event, Exoswords swords creation, number one
0: spider-man noir and spider-woman number four i cannot wait to get those those are really really good i never read spider-woman before so this was my first initial take on her and it's funny it is really funny it is action-packed and immortal she-hulk would that have to do with the empire event where she died
1: it might be a result of that
0: i may have to check that one out then next week as well but until then Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Court of Allets podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube at Court of Allets. Let us know which comic you want us to cover next week. And make sure to stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing to the podcast on Anchor, Apple, Google, Spotify, and everywhere else you may listen to your podcasts. Take care, guys.
1: Bye.